The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> I say, America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a Monday, September 12th episode of The Elephants in the Room. Yeah, I think we're going to officially change our schedule for football season. Yes. So I think we did Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Friday. Yeah, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It feels comfortable. It feels right. It feels right to me. I like it. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so, uh, but as you said, you know, it's it's our favorite season. Football it's election season, season not football oh, season. Oh, he geez, set I me baited up you. For I that. baited you. I set you up, and you fell right into the trap. Unbelievable! It's not football season. It's election season. Football season comes every year, folks. Election season comes once every two years. Oh man! All right, and off-year elections come once every four years. And this is what we have. We have an off-year election. It's always the opportunity for the party that's not in power. To take it back. To take back power. Because once you get into power, you want to know what happens? People are upset because you didn't immediately make their lives better. Hey, you. Hey. I elected you. Hey, hey, it's day one. Where is everything? Hey, why isn't my boss treating me fairly anymore? Or, or, or starting to treat me fairly? Why haven't I gotten a raise? Why is, why is gas so expensive? I want free money. You promised all of this. You didn't deliver. Give me that. Give me that free money. Right? The old thing of familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. Familiarity breeds contempt, as is the old saying, uh, is how it goes. And, um, and so we're here. We're here. And already we have today the New York Times sounding the alarm. The polling might be wrong. Hold your horses, here we go. folks. Hold your horses, Democrats. What? Since when has polling ever been wrong? Hold your horses, folks. Polling might be wrong. Democrats, don't get don't get excited. Remember, the last two presidential election cycles, the pollsters got it wrong because of the quote unquote the hidden Trump effect. You know, I'm just glad I'm not a pollster because I feel like right. their trust level is right down there with Congress and the news media. Well, this, this was one of the wonderful things and uh, about 2016 and 2020 is there, there was this hidden effect. In, 20, in, in 2012, or I think in 2008 and 2012, there was an assumption 
that there was this hidden Republican vote, the hidden McCain voter, the hidden Romney voter, that, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to vote for Obama. You tell people you're going to vote for Obama, and then you go into the ballot box, and you check Romney, or you check McCain. And that phenomenon really never never really took place. That, 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 that never happened, right? Because, because it, the fatal flaw for the Mitt Romney and John McCain campaigns was that they never gave people a reason to vote for them. It was just vote for me because I'm not Barack Obama. Vote for me because I'm not this person. And those campaigns always fail, right? And this is one of the reasons why 2016 was such a reason, such a such a success for Donald Trump because Donald Trump gave people a reason to vote for him. Vote for me. I'm going to build the wall. I'm going to do this, do that, you know. And then 2020, whatever, whatever you believe happened, the election happened. But there were there were a lot of people that decided that they wanted did that that. That, that Joe Biden was was that candidate, and this is this is what happens. But this is the point that familiarity breeds contempt, and so we're going into this cycle. And throughout the entire summer, we've had this idea that the Democrats are are all of a sudden taking back power, right? They're taking back control of the election cycle. The Dobbs ruling by the Supreme Court backfired on the conservatives. Oh no. People actually want to kill babies. Not great for us. <laughs> or the babies. <laughs> or the babies. Or the babies. But no, and then, of course, the press wants to show Biden has his wins. I don't know if they're Biden wins. Biden was just, you know, on the sidelines. But they did pass the IRS expansion bill. Uh, that's what we're going to call it here. Um, he did um, illegally get rid of student debt. Uh, for people making up to $250,000. You know, there were a lot of things that Biden delivered on over the summer that that led to this momentum. And now, of course, we're getting the story that, hey, wait a second. This effect that we saw in 2016 of this hidden Trump voter, because Trump gave gave people a reason to vote for him, this, this, this is still in play. This is still in play here. Maybe these people are really just still sitting on the sidelines. And we have seen this the past couple of election cycles. Where does the the polls have tended to miss Republican votes by a couple of percentage points? Um, And it's really funny reading this because you read this in conjunction with the, the natural arrogance of the left coming out to play. And one of the one of the easiest ways to spot a leftist and a Democrat is that you can smell their arrogance from a mile away. Yep. You have to be arrogant in order to be a leftist, because in order to be a leftist, you have to walk around believing that you know what's better for everyone else on the planet than they know for themselves. <laughs> you don't know how to live your life properly. Let me tell you how to live your life. That is the ethos of the modern leftist. And so they see momentum on their side. They see polling in August, which means nothing, (laughs) trending in their direction, and they're going, oh, wait, people love us. People love us. They're leftists. How can they not? The ego, sky high for these people. So now Democrats are refusing to debate Republican candidates. Classic. We see this in Pennsylvania where John Fetterman has been refusing to debate Dr. Oz. 
Now, this is mostly for medical reasons, because John Fetterman can't string together four sentences. Well, then how is he going to be an elected official? The Washington Post has called for Fetterman to debate Oz. Got to debate. You got to debate. You got to prove that you're healthy enough for this position. And that's when the gig is up. And that's when Oz wins the election. Oz wins the election when people realize that Fetterman isn't healthy enough to be a senator. Sorry, folks. But he had a stroke. It's time for you to recover. Like, it's not, it's just not your time. Yeah. Try again next time. You know, thank God people, people pass away from strokes. Thank God that you're alive and walking and healthy enough to, to be active enough to somewhat campaign. That's a win. That's a win in your position. Okay, but a win in your position isn't having the people of Pennsylvania not have one of their senators because you're incapacitated. You're not able to fulfill the duties as of now. All right, so, so that's one of the things. So, so that's not surprising that Fetterman wouldn't want to debate Oz because he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to open himself up to the obvious lines of attack on his health. The surprising one is now coming in Arizona for the governor's race, where Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, Democrat, is refusing, refusing, the Democrat Hobbs is refusing to debate the Republican nominee, Carrie Lake. This upsets, upsets me for many reasons. Primarily, I want to go to a debate. <laughs> we got to find, we, yeah, we were, well, I'm sure they're going to have to have a debate. I'm sure. Is she also not there. going campaigning? Like, is there a way to go hear her? at all probably not so here's the reason secretary hobbs remains willing and eager to participate in a town hall style event such as the forum she participated in last week in which arizonans were able to hear directly from secretary hobbs about her in-depth policy plans and how she would approach governing the state Unfortunately, debating a conspiracy theorist like Carrie Lake, whose entire campaign platform is to cause enormous chaos and make Arizona the subject of national ridicule, would only lead to constant interruptions, pointless distractions, and childish name-calling. Arizonans deserve so much better than Carrie Lake. That's why we're confident Katie Hobbs will be elected our next governor. We must respectfully decline the in. Invitation. I'm sorry, but if you can't even take that on, how are you supposed to govern anything? That was my first thought example. If you can't take on a whack job conspiracy theorist in your own words. Right. I'm sorry, whack job was a part of it. You can't take on a conspiracy theorist who's out to cause enormous chaos. If your ideas can't beat that, then you're, you were never going to win in the first place, number one. Um, I don't understand why the states just don't make these things mandatory. Like, you shouldn't be able to get out of it. Like, it should be, like, a requirement for running. So that's another question I had. I didn't understand. I thought that there was a a mandatory, at least at the state level, for these state seats, for governor at least, that you have to have at least one debate. You have to have one televised debate on public television. Yeah. I thought that that was always kind of the standard. You You have some nerd from PBS up there ask a series of boilerplate questions. They give canned responses, and you go, okay. Uh, okay, the Red Sox are probably in the third inning now. It's only 8 o'clock. I'll put that on. <laughs> and that's what you do. And, that's, and, that's, and that's, that's, that's how it goes. That's how local, local elections tend to be run. So I'm surprised, first of all, like you said, that she can, 
I'm, I'm surprised by two things. One, she has such a lack of conviction in her. Well, she's a leftist. But <laughs> one, admitting she has such a lack of convictions in her, in, in her beliefs that uh, she's basically admitting defeat yeah. right off the bat, number one. And number, and number two, um, that there isn't a requirement that these debates be held. Right. How can you just govern people and never talk to them? I just find that to be so. I, you're right. I just find that to be so weird that that um, that that there 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 should be an obligation for you to 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 speak in front. And the funny thing is, and folks, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. And uh, depending on on where you believe on on what governors may and may not be able to do, <laughs> Carrie Lake is going to find out very quickly when she's sworn in as governor that she has zero power to overturn the 2020 election. So her, her attention is quickly going to turn to the issues that impact the people of Arizona because she's going to make a phone call to wherever our former president may be at the time and go, hey, look, uh, I, uh, I, I just found out I can't do what you're asking me to do in, in any legal sense. So, uh, so, so I'm going to have to focus on making sure we secure uh, our water for the future here in Arizona. Very important. And making sure that we secure our border. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. Thank you. Thank you so much for your, uh, your endorsement. And that's what's going to happen. And that's, and that's the funniest thing about this um, is that it's, a, it's, it's, it's the, <laughs> the funny thing is Carrie Lake knows this. Carrie Lake knows this, Right. And so, so, so Secretary Hobbs is giving Carrie Lake this, this, this hanging curveball to smack out of the park because she gets to attack her on a whole bunch of fronts. She's scared, right? Doesn't want Arizona to see what she's all about. Has zero conviction in her ideas. It's really a beautiful place to be. It's really a beautiful place for me to carry Lake. And um, I hope that um, that and, and one of the great things about the position Carrie Lake is in is that um, Ducey doesn't want Hobbs to become governor of Arizona. And while he's not keen on Carrie Lake, he's not he's going to make sure as chairman of the Republican Governors Association that we continue to invest in this race. Right. Unlike what's happening in the Senate race. There are no pro Blake Masters ads on the air here in Arizona. Ugh. And we're not going to get into the whole Steve Bannon wall fund thing. We'll get into that. We're going to get into that into the later point. But let me just say this. There's an issue tangentially related to the Steve Bannon wall fund fraud issue, which I mean, people are innocent until they're proven guilty, but this has a lot of the hallmarks of what we would call a scam pack written all over it. And this is something that Things that are happening, what Bannon is getting 
indicted for falls into the category of stuff that regular people do not have the time to investigate themselves, which are the intricacies of campaign finance law and what organizations that people donate can and cannot do with their money. And while there are a lot of laws in American society that basically protect someone f for receiving money from someone just because they get to give that, because they've, they've sold them on an idea, right? They, like, they're... In America, you are generally speaking allowed to spend your money on whatever you want and to send your money on generally to speaking. to whoever you want. With the few exceptions when there's obvious fraud and whatnot, and this is what we're getting at. In campaigns, and in campaign finance and with PACs, it's very easy to obfuscate where the money ends up and I simply mention this because the investigation to Steve Bannon is related into another investigation that's going on into the Trump Save America pack mm. And the reason why I'm bringing this up after the Blake Masters comment is that a lot of people after the election and since the election in 2020 have been giving money to Donald Trump. And by giving money to Donald Trump, they haven't been giving money to a campaign or whatever. They've been giving money to what's called a leadership pack. Now, that those kind of packs are set up as if he starts running for office again, that pack can't just cut him a check for everything that's in the bank. All right, that money is effectively, I don't want to say useless if he runs for office, but it's, it, it can't be used as campaign money, right? So if you sent a check to Donald Trump since the last election, what you've done is essentially just gave him a check to pay his bills. Hmm, that's not good. That's essentially what you've done. Because, be, be, because he has no obligation to disperse that money to anyone that he has endorsed. And that's what he's being investigated for right now. Is, did he spend the money When you say this, he, do you mean Bannon? President, well, both. Or, okay. so, so, so Steve Bannon got indicted because his build the wall fund mm -hmm. didn't build a wall. The money just went to Steve Bannon and his friends. And you can't do that. You can't raise money. You, you, cannot, you cannot raise money, say you're doing something, and then do a different thing with it, pocket it, and then walk away. You can't do that. It looks like Bannon did that. I would not be surprised if he did that. The, he, it seems sloppy enough what they did where, where, where they probably got him on it, right? This is very similar to what they got Dinesh D'Souza on. This is what liberals do. They look for process crimes to, to prosecute conservatives on. They're going to get Bannon on this one. When was the last time you saw a Democrat prosecuted for any sort of campaign finance violation? Never, right? But, but when Democrats are in power, they're going to go after conservatives for it. And 
I actually don't have a problem with it because I really don't like it when people on our side go after the money that that hardworking Americans make for a cause that they know is going to lead to nothing. That's fraud. I simply tie Trump into this because his pack that he set up mm-hmm. after the election to investigate fraud, mm-hmm. yeah, it spent no money. Because you know who pays his legal bills for that? Who? Republican National Committee. Oh. Furthermore, he's been raising money on behalf, quote unquote, to help get people elected across the country via this pack. How much has he spent on help on on ads and helping get people elected? Well, the only reason I may know the answer to this is because I think you were railing against it the other day, so I think it's zero. <laughs> I simply bring this up, folks, to point out. That before you click the donate button, a lot of this information is publicly available. Maybe make sure people are doing with your money what they say they are doing with it before you commit to giving it to them. Because there is a massive fundraising gap right now on the Republican side. All of the fundraising has gone to President Trump's PAC, which is essentially President Trump's piggy bank. Like, that's his, like, literally, he could write a ticket and write a check to himself. It cannot go to his presidential campaign, and it's not going to his legal bills. This isn't money being dispersed to candidates to help win elections. It's time to start putting our money as Republicans. It's time to go, hey, hey, President Trump, we've given you enough for now. You've got a war chest. We need to win these local elections, and then we'll figure out 2024. That's the point I'm making. Okay. He's made his money. He's got, a, he's got over $100 million in the bank. I think he's got enough for his legal bills. I think, he's got, I think he's got enough for whatever he wants to do with it. And let me tell you, if he doesn't start spending it, people, people, people in, the, in conservative media with the power to call him out should. Um, Gosh, we're we're close. We're close on this election. We just we just need a couple of things to go our way, and that's the only reason I say that. If he's not going to spend the money to help our candidates, we need to put our money elsewhere. That's 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 all it is. Uh, I've got to tell you, um, I really hate to follow this up, but all the nice things about the Queen, we have to take. <laughs> we said we have to take back because she's racist. You don't know why? Why the Obamas aren't invited to her funeral? Why is that? Only the Bidens are. The Bidens are representing America. Can you believe that? Our royalty, the is Obamas. Trump invited? Oh no. 
No, 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 no. No, our royalty. Is the Jimmy o- Carter invited? Jimmy Carter's not invited. Jimmy Carter should be invited. You know, Jimmy Carter should I'm be invited. I'm just trying to I see if I don't think Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. I'm just trying to see if there are any former presidents who are still alive who are invited. Well, I was just making the joke that our royalty, the Obamas, aren't being invited. Why are they ignoring our royalty? Well, they don't want Epstein to be brought up. Well, Epstein's, <laughs> well, Epstein's already going to be brought up because of Prince Andrew. Someone already heckled him about that in public today. Yeah. I did love the, uh, there was a shout going around on social media about how the day after September 11th, the queen ordered, uh, I don't know, whomever is outside of the gates to play the national anthem and like fly the flag, which had never been done in 600 years. Yes. Yes. It was a big gesture outside of Buckingham Palace for them to play a Star Spangled Banner. Uh, only time it's been done. Um, all right, we're going to end on this. We're going to end quickly. This is going to be a quick episode. Other than uh, the quick episode was to make fun of Democrats who can't debate and the PSA to make sure that we spend our resources wisely on the right. Make sure our candidates get the funding they need. Um, all right, this is the hottest thing on the internet this, this past couple of days. Okay. All right, ready for this? We're turning into a food podcast. (laughs) Libraries and food. (laughs) I don't understand how the following restaurants are in business. Chili's, Applebee's, Olive Garden, Red Lobster. I would also, I mean, I know why they are, but I think the sentiment is they're gross. Why do they exist? And I agree with that sentiment. But I don't know if you were going to go with this, but I'm going to snag it if you were. When we lived in New Hampshire... It didn't matter what day, what time, if the Olive Garden was open, the parking lot was full. And I'm not saying that New Hampshire has the best food, but it has seafood. Like, you can go get a fresh lobster. Like, why are you at Olive Garden? (laughs) It was stunning. It was stunning. Every time you drive by this Olive Garden, we're talking a line. Line, packed, 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 packed. The busiest restaurant in town. There, constantly, con- every time, Olive Garden, Olive Garden. It didn't matter. Hottest place there. in town, hottest place in town. I never, I don't, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, so, so I had to, I had to bring that up because it got. This was like the the, the like the biggest thing got repeated thousands and thousands and thousands of times, and and this and that, and and people people got really really upset about it. Now, okay, here's my question: Out of these four, Chili's, Applebee's, Olive Garden, and Red Lobster, which one would you go to? I have to go to one. One of them. Um. I was like, have I been to all of these? Yes. Um, this is tough. Okay, so Chili's, or at least back when I was in high school, we would go to the Chili's in the mall whenever it was someone, one of our friend's birthdays or sometimes when it was no one's birthday and we would pretend it was someone's birthday because they would come over and sing and give you a sombrero. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't remember if any of the food, was, I mean, the it was edible, but there's that. Applebee's, I ate at a Tahoe during a soccer tournament one time. I remember it being mm-hmm. edible, 
but not good. Home peas is solid. Chili is solid. Olive Garden, the breadsticks are very good. Everyone loves their breadsticks. The fettuccine is like, literally, you can feel yourself getting fatter as oh, you Oh, the fettuccine it, Alfredo? But it is good. Like, I mean, it's good in like, French fries are good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone knows what you mean. And then Red Lobster, I... I don't know. The I mean, I'm, okay. I Everyone would probably go to. I would probably go to Red Lobster because I could at least get a boiled lobster, right? So here's the thing. So growing up, I would I would put Red Lobster last because I grew up in New Hampshire. I didn't get seafood anywhere. I don't need Red Lobster. Yeah, but the Olive rest Garden are probably would have been second. <laughs> I'd probably put Chili's at the top. I probably put Chili's at the top for me of the. But but now that I live in Arizona, I think Red Lobster is. Red Lobster and Chili's are my my two, one and two. And I don't know if I need Applebee's or Olive Garden. I don't need Olive Garden. Olive Garden's last. I so I guess Applebee's is third and Olive Garden four. Right, but I I I'm not surprised that any of these restaurants are still in business because honestly, you guess you can you go to you can. You could bring a wide variety of people to a Chili's or an Applebee's, and you, there's something on the menu for everyone. There's something on the menu for everyone, okay? And that's, and that's the point of it. It's fast, casual dining, right? Maybe, maybe you're out with work colleagues. You can get a Budweiser with your lunch. That's always fun. A little, little beer ski. Ugh. A little beer ski with your, uh, with your uh, I don't know. Bourbon Street Steak? I don't know what it's called. Um, Red Lobster's not bad. Is the fifth option pass? I think it's pass. Why why is the fifth option pass? Why do you need to be so negative about this? Do you know Chick-fil-A is racist? Why? Because they don't open on Sunday? Chick-fil-A... Chick-fil-A has been accused of being racist after telling a black Twitter user that his community would be the first to know when a new menu item is stocked. So a, new, a user uh, queried when the chain would add spicy chicken nuggets to his menus. Quote, your community will be the first to know if spicy items are added to the permanent menu, Don, Chick-fil-A wrote. Did they mean like your community as in like St. Louis or like... Is that what they meant? So, 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 so you hit the nail right on the head. Is that it, it took about thirty seconds for the internet to go back through the history of uh, of Chick Fil A responding to people's tweets, and this is just their phrasing. It's like your community first to know. Your community. It's like yeah. it's the beginning of Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger when he finishes every single call with, and don't forget. You're my number one customer. And then his wife calls and he ends the call with, and don't forget, you're my number one customer, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what they do. Your, com- your community is going to be the first to know. Your community is going to love it. Your community is going to this. And then all of a sudden it's, you're racist. And Chick-fil-A is like, wait, what happened? <laughs> But like, what just happened? We're Chick Fil A, right? Even the gays don't hate us (laughs) anymore. Um, (laughs) right. So I had to bring it up. And so, like, they were questioned about, and they're like, uh, uh, "What happened?" And they were like, "Oh, well, uh, you know, we didn't really mean anything by it, uh, but you know, we apologize. You know, if uh, you know, 
we, you know, we, they didn't apologize. apologize like, you're offended. They said like we were like basically like uh, it was an unfortunate choice of words, I guess they used or something like that. But uh, <laughs> the uh, social media playbook is being revised. Do not use this phrase anymore. There you go. <laughs> so there we have it. We're into election season. The Democrats won't debate Republicans, and Chick Fil A uh, is bringing spicy chicken nuggets to your community. Watch out. Yep. See you Wednesday. See ya. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. Ah!